my hands. The whole series is like, obviously, because they've gone from being poor and struggling to then having this pocket watch and then it's like worth millions. And then obviously like Rodney buys Del the rolls and it's just like as a thank you gift. It's just my whole all time favorite. There you go. Shoes. You want the roller? Shoes. I just bought it for you. You bought this roller for me? Why? Little present, just to say thanks. Del boy's like, what's this for? Has a thank you. That makes me cry. The sandwiches. Isn't it? You get some sandwiches and then um, Dell's like, it's all right because you've got the rolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, it's more like how um, when Ronnie goes to pay for the car, Boyce is laughing and as he puts it in front of him, it goes quieter and quieter. I, I always wondered, though, why he bought the car off of Boyce. <laughs> but but it, it was probably just to rub his nose in it, really. That Rolls Royce out there. I want to buy it. Oh, that's a good one, Rodney. <laughs> Tell me, what drugs are you on this week? <laughs> Rodney reveals the letter saying that they've got 6.2 million. Then he's, his laughter stops then, doesn't it? It's like, heh, <laughs> heh. Yeah, and starts coughing, doesn't he? And, and the whole the whole thing of it is with the lesser watch is that they've had it for years, isn't it? They've had it in their lockup all this time that they've been struggling as well. <laughs> That's one of the lines in it, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, I watched that one the other day. Yeah, the um, Rodney used to document the receipts, didn't he, of what they used to collect, and they had the receipt for it as well, didn't they? So, um, but the watch did exist, didn't it? I mean, it's never been found, has it? The actual is it John Harrison watch, wasn't it? The lesser watch. The lesser yeah. watch, yeah. Uh, was it a fo fob watch, did they call it? Did they use it for at sea or something, for navigation or something? What's that? It's a gas stove. <laughs> no, I mean on top of it. Oh, that's just an old watch I got out of a house clearance years ago. I'll tell you what I have got. I've got some very nice Shawaddy Waddy LPs. <laughs> Good Lord. Hmm? Oh, I know, it's filthy, isn't it, eh? Uh, Rodney, have you got any of that WD-40 there? We're giving this thing <laughs> like that. No, I mean, it has the name Harrison engraved in it. You can see there, Harrison, AD 1774. How did you come by this watch, Tony? Well, it was about 15, 16 years ago. It was this old girl down Deptford Way. She owned a pawn shop. Anyway, she died, right? She had no family, so they sold off the shop. And... Uh, her landlord asked me to clear out her house, and I found that and a load of other rubbish up in the loft. Why, oh, is it any good, then? Good. John Harrison was just about the finest watchmaker of his time, of any time. If this is what I'm beginning to think it is... God, I'm shaking. Why, you didn't have that much to drink last night, did you? <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sue Holderness. How's it going, Sue? Otherwise known as Marlene, of course. Um, everything's good here. Thank you very much, Chris. It's very nice to talk to you. That terribly clever storyline, which we were all told to keep quiet about, we, we were, the, the press guessed that it was going to be that they'd win the lottery. They knew they were going to win the millions. That had got out. But they thought it was going to be they were going to win the lottery. So we were all told to keep very quiet. And he found this brilliant storyline about a real live historical watch, John Harrison Watts, that had solved the problem of longitude at sea. And it's been missing for 300 years. And it, nobody could possibly have guessed that storyline. And then when, it, when, they, when they eventually took the watch to Sotheby's and they got 6.2 million, the nation rejoiced. We were all so pleased that at last this, this chap who strives 
works his socks off to try and make money, never manages to, but he's still optimistic. Whatever things are going wrong, he says, this time next year we'll be millionaires. And suddenly they were. And when we shot the episode in the studio, everybody was crying and cheering and standing up. And, but they were also crying because we were sure it meant that it was the end. And then, of course, five years later, the BBC said, you know, the public is crying out for Christmas specials. So they got us together in 2001 and we did, which was lovely. It was really lovely to get back together again, having been away for five years. And we did three long episodes that went out over the next three consecutive Christmases, which, which meant that although we all finished in 2001, the, the punters still got a, a new episode every Christmas until 2003. Yeah, and we were very happy you came back. With time on our hands, just over 24 million people tuned in for that episode in 1996. I mean, yes, I mean, you, you simply wouldn't get that's a, that's like the record, that. isn't it? Yeah. Yes, amazing. And and there were some people who said, "Don't bring it back. We, we you know, let, let, let's leave them there, walking into the sunset, saying this time next year we'll be billionaires." But you know, it, would, it, it was perfectly logical that Dell, with his dodgy dealings, could easily, easily lose the money, which he did, and sort of more satisfying to get them back into Nelson Mandela House, where he was more comfortable. You could see he wasn't really happy in his big mansion with his billiard table and his luxury pool and everything. <laughs> he needed to be back, or down the market, and back into in his Nelson Mandela home. Yeah, I think he enjoyed socialising with people, didn't he? And when he got all the money, you know, it was, it was, you, you've got a different life, haven't you? Yes, and it, well, it, it didn't suit him. It didn't suit any of them. They needed to be back, you know, in the heart of that wonderful Peckham community where everybody's striving to get by and there's, there's, there's this love and camaraderie that he didn't have when he, when he got all the dosh. It wasn't the same. You hear that about people who win the lottery, don't you? Having had perfectly happy lives, they suddenly struggling, working hard. Suddenly they win 14 million spend it all in a miserable it, you know, it, it's a it, 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 you're jumping out of your comfort zone aren't you which they and and so it was lovely i think i think it was quite right that they did those three episodes and you saw them back where they should be yeah in, and, in and the you, life they understood and loved yeah and you got some great more comedy moments from only fools and horses didn't you so what's not to like What's not to like, and the tragedy is that we lost John Sullivan, who was only 64, and in 2011, the shock, when he got viral pneumonia, we couldn't believe that we'd actually lost him. And the tragedy is that he had, he said he could go on writing Only Fools and Horses forever. I think at the time they were thinking that maybe Dell and Rodney would win the lottery, but this was much better, wasn't it? Yeah, the watch as well, the one they used in the show, the prop, that was sold at auction, I think, last year as well, went for, I think, hundreds of thousands in the end. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The significance of it, I suppose, wasn't it? It was the the only prop that they used, really, for that, wasn't it? So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, went for a lot of money. I think it's one of the most watched episodes ever on TV. Yeah. Do you know how many did actually watch it? It was 1996, the episode. I I think it was the 29th of December. They they showed the last, those Christmas trilogies, Christmas Day, 27th, and then the 29th, and there was 24.3 million, which was half the population. Wow. Wow. It says 24.1 million here. Oh, I'm but... sorry. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I do try. I do exaggerate sometimes. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Biggest, biggest UK audience still. I think that's still the top viewing figures for a show. I doubt that'll ever be beaten, especially now with TV. No. Comedies aren't how they used to be. No. No, and there's, like you say, there's more channels, isn't there, as well? And, and the way we watch now, you know, you can watch on catch-up and things, can't you? We don't watch much live anymore, really, do we? I don't at all now, really. No, no. <laughs> no. But back in the day, you did, didn't you? you? You'd look at the TV guide, you'd be like, what's on 
this Saturday night. Or yeah, the TV Times was massive, wasn't it? At Christmas, you got that and started highlight. Well, I did highlight things that you want to watch. Obviously, Only Fools and Horses. What Christmas Day was about, wasn't it? Years ago, Only Fools and Horses. It wasn't uh, Christmas. You watched Only Fools and Horses. No, definitely no. I, th- I think it run for about on Christmas Day. I think it run for about ten years. I, I always think that's a very sad scene on t- in time in our hands as well when they leave the flat and he hears the voices, doesn't he? He hears the voice of his mum and of granddad, I think. His dad, yeah. And granddad, and granddad, and granddad. All three yeah. of them, yeah. That's a very sad scene, isn't it? Del boy, it's time to get up at seven thirty. Yeah, all right, mum. It's your fault if you got hungover. You can't have today off. You're taking your 11 plus. <laughs> I never raised the hand to your mother, Rodney, except in self-defence. <laughs> your dad always said that one day Del Boy would reach the top. There again, he used to say that one day Millwall would win the cup. <laughs> Again, a bit of truth in the story. The John Harrison Lesser watch. It's a true watch, isn't it? It's never been found. It's still missing, I believe, as well. And it's been. In, and the nice thing about it was it'd been in the garage for 15 years, so they'd always been millionaires, hadn't they? Yeah. I mean, that's the big uh, reveal, isn't it? And it's it's funny, but it's also terrible as well at the same time. And did it, what was it? Six point, um, 6.2 million, I think, it sold for, didn't it? And that, that's funny when each one of them faints, don't they, after so long? After so, It's worth £1 million and... They're both falling over, aren't they? And then they both get in the van after they've got the money and I think Del says, we've had worse days, Rodney. That's one of my favourite scenes. I'd love to do that with my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love to win some money. What was the final outcome? <laughs> it was bought by an anonymous bidder. He's giving it to the Maritime Museum at Greenwich, so at least it stays in the country. Oh, yeah, well, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you wally... Was the final score? What exactly did it go for? Oh, um, six point two million. <laughs> so that's just over three million each. <laughs> well, we've had worse days. <laughs> yeah. You want to go first, or should I? Well, yeah. Why don't we go together? Yeah, yeah, all right. One, two, three. Yeah, that's a funny bit in that episode with Uncle Albert with the um, coffee and the gravy, isn't it? Mixing the jars up. And Del discovers what's happened. And he says, they're only doing it. They're only doing it out there right now. And then he goes out with the, the coffee, if you like, Del. And uh, do you want some gravy, Albert? No, no. And he pours it all over his meal, doesn't he? And then shouts, yeah. get in his ear, doesn't he, then? It's Maxwell House, isn't it? Maxwell House. Yeah, that's right. It is, yeah. I don't believe you. Not only have you managed to sink every aircraft carrier and battleship that you've ever sailed on, but now you've gone and knackered a gravy boat. Yeah, but I think it's it's, it's as emotional and as poignant as well, isn't it, that episode? It really is, um, yeah, brilliant. Got, every, got everything in it, really. Humour, emotions. 
iconic somehow, wasn't it? It was just just a fitting episode, really. And it I felt, mean, although it wasn't the conclusion, it felt like the conclusion. For a lot of people, they wanted it to end there. I mean, I like I like the last three episodes, mm. but for a lot of people, they wanted it to end there. And on a happy note, that, that was quite good that John Sullivan said. He said it was a safety net. It, he says in time and a hands, the Dell buys the flat. He said what would have happened if... If hadn't have bought the flat, someone else, another family would have come in. So he said it was my safety net. If we ever brought the trotters back, I could move them back into that flat, which I thought was quite clever, wasn't it? That mm. quite um, a, a good thing to do. Um, yeah, it shows how much he was, you know, thinking about it. Yeah, you have that bit of, um, yeah, planning, planning ahead. Well, here I am thinking now we got all this money, you know, that, that spells like the end of it. We don't, does it? It's like the beginning. Because for the first time in our lives, we have got money to invest. No. investment. <laughs> oh, come on, Rodders. You remember all those years you used to say to me, Del boy, we should be investing. No, no, I never said that. Well, it must be me then. I remember it was one of us got it right. But now we can invest big time in the futures market. Hey, we can get into Hong Kong, Singapore, Peking. I don't want to invest. All right? Rodders, have I ever let you down? Yes. When? A couple of years ago, when you told me I'd won a holiday in a painting competition, but forgot to mention that for the entire week I would have to pretend to be 14. <laughs> That's always been your problem, Rodney. Always dwelling on the past. Mum said to me on her deathbed... Oi, now don't you start on about Mum on her deathbed. She did. She said to me on her deathbed, she said to me, Del Boy, if ever you and little Rodney become rich, you must invest in the futures market. <laughs> you liar. Because hmm? there wasn't a futures market when Mum was alive. Ah, no, but then here you go, see. That shows you how visionary she was. Come on, Rodney, this is our big chance. Hey, he who dares wins. This time next year we could be billionaires. <laughs> I even like the little bit, it's only a little line in it, but where um, Dell's unsure about the deal. He thinks it'll go pet, tits up, as he says. And Rodney says, we're dealing with Sotheby's, not Ronnie and Reggie's. Ronnie and Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After they bought the Rolls Royce, they're at the pub, aren't they? And it's a mo- quite an emotional scene. And uh, Dell says, I'll buy the sandwiches because you bought the Rolls. But I could see Ken McDonald, Mike, Mike. Um, he's quite emotional in that episode, I think, isn't he? Yeah, that's probably one of my favourite scenes in it, actually. And he says, mm. that, you know, he says about the drinks. Yeah, yeah, he says, um, Del says, I think Mike Mike says, no, no, no. Please, on the slate. Uh, no need. Yeah, Del says on the slate, doesn't he, originally? He says, yeah, no yeah. for that. On the house. On the, on the house, yeah. And then the, the I think the round of applause, I don't think that was planned, was it, that particularly? It was nice, that, that the, the clapping, wasn't it? The mm. uh, As an appreciation. We've got some off-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie OPs, all games, gold chains, wuss names, and head a push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush in Shepherd's Bush. Tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a straw.